Welcome to the Tossing Clubs Podcast. Next on the tee, your hosts, Frank Jang, Zach Moses, and Aaron Tan. Yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Tossing Clubs. My name is Frank. We got Zach. We got Aaron. And this week is a big week. Actually, tomorrow's a big day. Aaron, you want to tell everyone why? Tomorrow is our annual Tossing Clubs Classic, our two-man scramble that we host every year. And this year, there's been a lot of uh, you know rumblings about it not being fair. People complain about their pairings. This year, we are factoring in handicaps, so super excited to see how this goes. Also, uh, it's just kind of our biggest year yet. We've been growing it every year, and this year, I'm super excited for it to be just like the biggest one we've had. Zach, can you tell everyone what's on deck for tomorrow? I mean, it's our big tournament, but I think uh, to Aaron's point on the handicaps, I'm like most interested in seeing... How that all plays out. I mean, we have uh, 44 people, 22 teams, um, and there's quite a wide variety of different types of players from scratch golfers all the way up to some folks that, you know, maybe get out there once or twice a year. And so the idea behind the handicaps this year was to even the playing field. And I'm curious if that will actually work, if that'll actually happen. So, Uh, But yeah, just super excited for it. We're at uh, Carica Park South in uh, Alameda, which is a pretty nice spot to play. So pretty pumped. I was getting at, we got got people supporting us this year, which we haven't had before. So I want to give a shout out to Pin Golf for sending us range finders, right? To Cali Craft Brewery for giving us how many beers, Aaron, and seltzers? It's like 50 beers, 50 seltzers, a couple hats, a bunch of pint glasses just like super supportive yeah we got t genie giving out memberships we got the walnut creek travis matthew giving out swag and we got nara who is going to be there and just you know refilling and refueling everyone at the turn so really stoked to you know have all of our partners come and you know just have fun um but yeah zach to your point i am interested how the wide variance of golfers will play out tomorrow because I, I'm playing with my guy, Sammy. Love you, Sammy. We just played yesterday, and he skanked three balls off the tee. So I don't know if the handicap that we gave him is fair, but you know that's a, we could talk about that later. <laughs> can, we, can we talk about the origin of the word skank as it refers to hitting shanks? Because I know you always use that, but is that, <laughs> is that the right terminology? <laughs> dude this is not something that i invented i definitely heard it from someone i have not Aaron, heard this you besides heard? you <laughs> oh my i've just been rolling with goodness. it <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like i'm pretty sure the word is to shank the ball but i know frank says it every episode so i'm like it's got to be a thing like is there an internet conversation that i'm totally missing on the first time and then it kept on coming up and i was like i must be the only one now i can't say anything <laughs> dude i i did not make this word up obviously okay i yeah you know, 
we can ask around tomorrow. See if uh, any of our fellow peers have heard of the phrase skanking off the tee. Uh, it's a, hey, okay, let me see. Uh, have you guys heard of the phrase pepper the flag? Uh, yeah. A bit, yeah. It's like okay. it's like when you're hitting the ball like super close to the pin. Okay, you guys know what a drop kick is? Yeah. Like when you try to hit a draw and you kind of hit behind the ball and then it like, yeah, you just kick it <laughs> or it bounces up into the golf ball okay so it's it may be me then because it sounds like you guys know your like golf vocabulary it might just be me making up a, <laughs> you know something in my mind <laughs> but yeah can we uh you know talk about like our you know i guess this attitude towards tomorrow this is the biggest year and for some reason i just feel i'm the most ready this year i'm as ready as i've ever been oh oh that's actually another storyline. There's like a lot of storylines going into this, but first year we hosted it, Zach and Evan won. Second year, I won with my partner Tim. And third year, it's kind of your turn to win if, you know, like two out of the three hosts have won. Okay, well, I would love to win, but I'm just saying it's not a good look if all of us have won this tournament that we hosted ourselves. So, if if I don't win, I just want to let you guys know I want our friends to win. I want the people who sign up, our fans to win. I don't want to take this for myself as, you know, I know some other people do, but, you know, I, I want to give it to the people. You're actually uh, in the last group. If we had, if we like are able to calculate everything and like see where you're at going in and if you have like a putt to win like a three foot putt to win, would you purposely miss it? Oh, okay. Wow. That's, that's a, that's a big question. Uh, I would try my best. I'll leave it at that. Well, I'd hope with, you know, 21 other teams, someone else has a pretty good shot of winning this year. I mean, we're okay golfers, but we're not that great that we should be winning every year, especially with some scratch golfers in this tournament. So, um, yeah, it's going to be tougher, tougher for a tossing clubs repeat again, I guess, for the third time. Um, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah. But prediction, do you guys think a higher handicap will win or a lower handicap? I think it's going to be a, a like a mid-range one where you kind of have a good player on your team that can score, but then you also have the benefit of having a few strokes from the handicaps. That's going to you know help you just get that a little extra edge. I just feel like two scratch golfers. How low could they go on eighteen without any strokes? Like a really good round for them. Maybe they make what six or seven birdies. Eight birdies is like. Like I don't, I think it'd be hard to just go under, under that. I mean, but then you have a team that has six or seven strokes. I could easily see, you know, like last year, Evan and I shot one one over or even par. So, oh yeah, that's and where my six or at. seven off that. Aaron, how do you feel about this year, though? I feel like a team to watch out for would be actually my dad and my brother, who are the highest handicap team because. I've seen how in tournaments that are in net scoring, if a really high handicapper gets hot somehow, like 
you know, anyone can putt, uh, I guess in terms of like, you don't need like perfect technique or whatever. You can hit the ball into the hole. And if those teams get hot with, they get 14 strokes, like they could, they could be up there. I'm a little worried for that. Yeah. If they figure out how to shoot, like shoot like one or two or three over gross. Like, yeah, that's, that's like that's unbeatable. I feel like yeah. 10 is a good number for tomorrow. Like 10 under around there. Oh my gosh, they're getting 14 strokes. So ooh, even four over, which is which isn't easy to do, but definitely not without, not outside the realm of possibilities. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, any last words for before our tournament tomorrow? I, in terms of like my game, I have ever since I've come back like. I think the last time we played when we went to Oregon, I told you guys I felt like my game was peaking. Well, this is two weeks later, and my game is at a low for like oh. the past like I don't know the past year maybe. Like I feel like I went to the range today, and there were some skanks, <laughs> <laughs> there were some tops, there were duffs. Like I'm like, what is going on? Um, I was like duffing chips on the chipping green. I feel like it's not this is happening at the wrong time for this tournament so i'm just hoping that the scramble part picks me up wow add that to the storyline uh zach we never asked you how do you feel though feel fine i mean i've played not i don't know <laughs> i've only played nine holes since we all played in oregon so i don't know, really know where the game's at haven't been to the range this week so we're going in a little bit cold tomorrow but uh like I said, I think my partner's dialed, and uh, this is an Evan. You know how you have like a Mike Evans week or a Chris Godwin week. You know this is this is a this is an Evan Kawahara tournament tomorrow. So I'm pumped for pumped for my partner. Oh man, damn, that's a good comparison, Aaron. Because uh, Zach, I already know what you said. Uh, the winning score is you says my sin. Aaron, what do you think it is? Net. I I don't know. I would say something more like minus minus like seven. I'm gonna say like we keep it in the single digits. Cause like thinking about last year, I think me and Tim won at a three under, and we get three strokes, so that's that would be six under. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we played pretty yeah, well. I'm thinking along the same lines. Minus ten is wow, man. You guys are really good. Like you guys. I just feel hot. like this course is easier than last oh year, right? gosh really uh, so last year i think my team shot one over we made a triple on a hole because we both hit a ball out of bounds and i think this course you can't lose balls so i, I like it for people who can spray it uh so i don't know i mean i'm Eight. optimistic that, i think it's more open that stretch that stretch on the back nine along the road that's tough that's tough, that, that's, tough. that's tough it's pretty narrow it's true I, I think eight could be a really easy hole, but did you know that on the right side, if you slice it, it's out of bounds? Yeah. So I'm just telling you, Zach, now, you know, between the tee box on nine and the fairway on eight, if it goes to the right and that ball goes over there, there's white stakes over there. I believe. Thanks I believe there's white up. stakes. <laughs> I, I'm not hitting driver. Last time I hit driver over the green into the hazard. <laughs> So, I think that's a layup hole so maybe, for us, or like a four iron. It could. I mean, with how 
how far up the tees are i mean maybe you got a four iron into the green yeah or it's, yeah we'll see big big cut three wood the classic yeah <laughs> yeah banana slice banana slice wood. all right so let's talk about um the topic for today and it is golfers and the stereotypes that you know that are just like gets under your skin right and i think zach when you talk about like the big slice this isn't a stereotype that gets under my skin but it's just something that's like wow i can't believe this is happening right now and for me i just want to start off there's always this player that has this wax swing so non like structure non-standard but he always hits it either straight or slices it straight and he shoots better than you and i want to like start all this off with uh like a stereotype that's relatively mild because i'm sure some of us have more uh i don't know deeper uh irks with uh, some of the other golfers we play with but have you guys played with someone like this who is like dude how where'd you learn the swing but if it works it works so tomorrow, I want you to watch out for John Dottie and see how he lines up. He's he's made he's shot under uh, I think he shot like an eighty five before, but he literally aims forty five degrees. Left. My God, that's a to me that's not a pet peeve. It's kind of impressive that you can work with that. I did have a friend who used to be a baseball player who would also do that. We called it like the power fade, but it was seriously like he was aiming like two fairways over and he would just like slice it back into the fairway it was just that like super inside opposite field swing and i mean it wasn't that consistent but it was surprisingly consistent and yeah he would shoot in like i don't know around like high 80s so yeah i don't know it doesn't bother me as much as like i just like kind of watching it do you think baseball players are capable of hitting a draw I don't think I've ever met a baseball player that hasn't hit that massive slice that you're talking about. But they hit it so hard. They do, They yeah. just bomb the ball. John Dottie, he played baseball. I mean, this t- makes total sense. And he still plays like a softball. Um, I-, I just want to say, it's not that I get mad at this, but I just sometimes think about how much money I've spent on lessons and how much time I've spent on the driving range to try to make a good swing. And I'm like worse than them. And obviously, that's like infuriating because like what the what the f am i doing with my life if this guy can like shoot better than me and he's just like a natural talent like that maybe this is not the sport for me yeah actually on those lines i just watched a a video good good did a video with austin reeves on the lakers and uh i he was like they were just in or not good good it was garrett from good good it was like just him but um they were like just talking back and forth and i guess austin reeves is like a huge golfer like he brings his clubs with him everywhere he's a scratch golfer but he's never been to the range and he just like plays and he how how are you a freaking scratch golfer and you've never been to the range but like watching his shots he's just out there talking and like bombing drives and just hitting like you know like crazy I don't know, short game shots that like clearly, okay, he's a scratch golfer or at least close, but like it's, I mean, he's a freaking professional NBA player. Like there's no way he has time to practice. And yeah, it's man, it's so unfair. Some people are just naturally talented. Uh, But I mean, that's where I'm starting off with Aaron. I mean, what type of golfer gets under your skin or 
For me, I, I talk about slow play a lot. That obviously annoys me, but like to change it up, I think uh, one golfer that annoys me is like, especially when you play with randoms, you'll get someone that tries to like critique your swing or tries to like help you out. And I'm just like, dude, like I, I know what I'm doing sort of, and at least for myself, like I don't need you telling me to like, Oh, like try shifting your weight or try like, you know, stop your flipping, stop flipping. Like, okay. If it was that easy, I'd just not do it. Like, I don't know. Just, I feel like you run into that every once in a while, especially like a, like people that are older than you, I think. Um, and yeah, that kind of bugs me. Oh, for sure. I made it like a note and obviously not do that, but uh, I was playing nine the other day with two relatively new people. Uh, and it, it was just, I just like stood there and watched because, uh, they're my friends and one person was in a bunker a few times. And then by the eighth hole, the other newbie comes and he's like, oh, okay, so with the bunker, right? So, you know, you just got to, you know, hit it like this. And this guy, I mean, this guy's, I don't know, shooting like 55 on 36, right? So it's like, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to say anything because you're my friends. But it is just, I think when he gets more experience and he looks back on it, he's like, what am I doing? Yeah, that's that's probably the thing is like if you're good, okay, fine, you can give me advice. But like if you're not good, then I don't want to listen to you. <laughs> Zach, what about you, man? I feel like you're pretty mild mannered. I think it's uh, it depends on what the, the uh, advice is. Like, is it actually do they actually know what they're talking about or no? I feel like sometimes you'd be surprised. Like the people who aren't good at golf understand the swing or like know how to teach. Like you think of like a I don't know Butch Harmon or something like is he a really good golfer golfer or is he just you know a good coach and so I mean most of the people we found on a course like randoms yeah they're they're probably not great coaches or golfers um, if it's that that type of person it's it's a little bit annoying but uh, I don't know I usually listen for one or two things and then if they, it makes zero sense then try to tone it out. Okay, have you guys? <laughs> ever met someone who loves to talk politics one time i played the 18 hole at monarch bay this guy probably like 65 years old he's got like real big hot dog fingers man drinks like three different beers like on the front nine talked about how he was in the military which thank you for your service but he was also talking about oh my gosh have you heard of this pete Buttigieg guy he's doing this and that and it's just unsolicited conversation with him. And I think it's like both sides, man. I don't care if you want to talk about like one side or the other, like just, I won't, I don't want to hear any of it because it's so uncomfortable for everyone else in the group. Like no one knew how to respond, but he was just talking about it the whole time. Um, that guy definitely sticks out in my mind. Yeah. I feel like there's some topics on a golf course you just try to avoid politics being one of them religion those controversial topics i don't know you there's just so many different types of people you can get some wacko conversations yeah the kind of the like heated topics or like high emotion emotionally charged topics i feel like if you stay away from them then 
there's something so beautiful about like just people from all different walks of life and all different like like ideologies and stuff just coming together and like enjoying a game and you just you all feel like your best buds but definitely like when some of that stuff starts to come up then it it can it can like ruin the mood for sure yeah i feel like whenever i play golf maybe out of the west coast or out of california for sure and you get paired up with some folks that then hear that you're from you know san francisco or something there's an immediate like oh you're from sf you probably you know xyz liberal thing and you're that type of like the city is burning right it's san francisco there's homeless problem everywhere and it's like pretty interesting and funny to just get like people's perspectives who aren't from our hometowns or like our areas uh that always cracks me up on a golf course like you say aaron meeting so many people it is something that i really do appreciate uh but and I think 99% of the time, everyone's so cool. It's like, you know, people come out, they're wearing all kinds of different outfits with all kinds of different swings, uh, you know, swings that look whack, but still shoot better than me. But they are just, you know, trying to enjoy the game and, you know, and trying to get better. That's like what I'm trying to do. And I can appreciate people who really invest in their passion, right? I think that's super, super cool. Um, but yeah, man, as soon as you bring up like, Donald Trump or something. He's like, dude, just stop it. Just stop. I I hate like one more thing on that. I hate when it's like they'll say something and then be like, right? <laughs> As if like they just expect that everyone in the world agrees with them. And it's like, no, I don't want to get into this. Yeah. All right. Another type of golfer that's really frustrating is uh I mean, there's golfers that smoke on the course and just throw their cigarette butts on the tee. Uh, I don't know if you play with anyone like that, but it is just, I don't really know you, so I don't want to get into like any kind of situation with, oh, can you know, like pick it up? You know, it just feels a little bit out of place, something that I normally wouldn't say, but I do think a golf course is really pristine. It is really nice, all of the green greenery, uh, you know, all the maintenance, all of that, it's, like a lot of work to upkeep and then to just see litter on the ground uh it's like yeah i don't care if you smoke but just throwing the trash can it's not hard dang frank you feel yeah. feeling like an old old man right now complaining about littering and no i mean <laughs> i agree like <laughs> i think it's annoying uh i don't think it happens that often but i hear you i it kind of like I guess the larger issue that annoys me is just like not respecting the golf course or just not like taking care of it. Like even like just fixing your ball marks. Like sometimes people just don't fix their ball mark on the green. And I just like, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have noticed it when I first started, but now I've played enough golf where like I, I notice right away. I'm just like, and then I'll fix it after usually if I notice like after we put out, but I don't know stuff like that or or if people ever i don't know it's like take huge practice swings? i don't know have you seen like the practice swings where they like hack into the ground because they want to try to graze mm. the grass and then they just chunk the crap out of it oh my we've God. all we've all made that mistake but i do think that it like the issue of 
just like bad behavior maybe is happening more often because of social media i feel like you see so many people that are like driving their carts super recklessly or like driving over the green or like pushing carts over into ponds or the people who like throw a just like make divots in the greens like just so unacceptable but like that type of content gets so many views on tiktok so like all these folks are just doing it and it's horrible i mean yeah don't ruin the golf course yeah that that actually gives me like an immediate reaction like driving on the green or taking divots out of the green like oh god that's terrible there was a guy recently who hit a hole in one and then he posted a photo of himself but in the background was his push cart on the green and he got roasted for it (laughs) but i don't think that's a big deal actually like that's not that bad in my opinion because there's so many people who drag their feet on the greens that is pretty bad and we've also played at chambers right where that is part of like what they tell you to do yeah that was interesting that was the first time that's happened to me when we played at chambers but yeah thinking about that maybe it's not that bad oh yeah i think it depends on the the quality of the course and like the type of green and like if it's wet like that's obviously not going to work right because it's going to be soft and going to get messed up but for those super fast greens hard greens it's not that bad Okay. All right. What about some rules within the golf game that you just find uh, maybe they're actual rules or maybe they're more like etiquette rules that you sort of just scratch yourself like this is 2023. What are we doing? Uh, I don't know about 2023, but the most annoying rule for me is like OB. <laughs> like if you hit it OB and then technically you're supposed to go back and hit from the tee box because or hit from where your last shot was and like i wish that like we we use that like casual rule of like you know taking a two-stroke penalty and dropping uh kind of within two club lengths from where your ball went out and i feel like for pace of play that's just so much easier it makes so much more sense like i and i mean people are probably breaking that rule all the time on local courses so like why even make it a rule did you know that rule was proposed like some dude proposed to change that rule way back when like in and it happened for a year and then they reverted it let me i'm trying yeah i'm trying to pull up the article right now oh my god i do think more people need to hit provisional shots which was like Mm. kind of the point right if your ball is close to being out of bounds you just tee up again so then you have another option once you get down there if you can't find it and at least that would help a little bit with pace of play because, yeah, you don't have to drive all the way back. And, like, yeah, in a casual practice round, no one's really doing it. But, um, I mean, I guess it makes somewhat sense for tournaments. Like, it needs to be penal. Like, penal B is, like, really going to ruin your score. So, I don't, yeah. I, do, I think it would be cool if you could make a tournament official to just, like, be able to drop where it goes out of bounds and then add your, your two strokes. Okay, okay. I found the article, and this just shows that golf rules do change over time. So stroke and distance was part of golf's original list of rules in 1744. And this is from an article from Golf Digest. Uh, But the most severe version was adopted by the Royal and Ancient Golf Club of St. Andrews in 1842. Three strokes and distance, meaning that if you hit a ball out of bounds, your next stroke 
played from the spot where you struck your first, counted as your fifth. Wow. That lasted until 1846. That is so penal. Um. And in 1951, the RNA and USGA applied the single stroke and distance penalty universally. Uh, but in 1959, the Southern California Golf Association, with the support of 90% of its members, adopted a local rule eliminating what it described as the unfair penalty stroke in connection with ball out of bounds, lost ball, and unplayable lie. Uh, so... That means it's basically stroke only and not distance. Man, that that would have been sweet, wouldn't it? Yeah, like kind of like red stakes, basically. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah. Okay, actually, I was so interested in why there's different colors of stakes. I actually googled like why there's OB versus yeah, like hazard. why some golf courses is like oh why is it that this pond is considered a white stake, but for other oh no, I don't know. Like what constitutes red versus white? And it's because the golf course determines what is considered outside of the golf course. So for some courses, maybe the pond is at the outer edge of the golf course, which is white. Uh, there's like a ch- channel of water along the side of it. Um, so the golf course says, okay, that's a white uh, stake area. But maybe for some other golf courses, even though it looks like a, there's a channel or a small stream to the right of the fairway. It's a red stake. And that's probably because there's another hole on the other side of that river. So it's within the confines of a golf course. It's kind of like what is in their property, potentially, like if it's out of their property or towards the edge, then they just call it OB. Yeah, which makes sense because it's out of bounds, out of the boundaries of the golf course. But having said that, I sort of don't understand why there's white stakes between eight and nine at Karika. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll revisit that hole and you know look at it again. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird. Like maybe they're having issues with too many people taking driver and slicing it onto the ninth tee or something. And so they're like, maybe we can eliminate some of those shots by penalizing people more harshly. But that is strange. I think part of it is there's some courses where the rough area is considered like nature and there's animals in there. Uh, and it could be hazardous to go in there. And so maybe they just did say that's white too because they don't want you to potentially get like ticks or, I don't know, a, a snake bite or something like that. Dude, but can you imagine that? Three strokes and distance? Is that, is that what I said? That's insane. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's crazy. If you if you hit OB back then, like you're just, you may as well just quit. <laughs> my round's over. Yeah. <laughs> um okay yeah i mean i feel like that's it where uh, it's anything else bother you guys on the golf course no i think i think we gotta get get back to practicing for tomorrow (laughs) (laughs) get your last swings in (laughs) yeah well good luck hope you guys all get some good sleep uh i'm gonna be there early obviously we're all gonna be there early and i can't wait for tomorrow